Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We are continuing our series, Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but they've been a blessing to my life, this series. And as we've been having conversations around the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I pray that they've been a help to you. And uh, I've actually had an incredible time talking about it. And I hope, I feel, and I sense that our church is maturing through this series. I feel like we've been growing and learning together. We we wanted to do it uh, through the summer so that we can all kind of like just really get this stuff out, this deep stuff out, and really all get a handle on it. And I really feel, as we've been going through this series, that that fresh rain has fallen on our lives. I don't know about you, but I sense it in my life, in our marriage, in our church, that God will rain down fresh rain on your spiritual life, on your families, on your home. Come on, anybody believe in that? Come on, fresh rain. I feel like our church, we're walking into a new season, and and I don't know about, tell your neighbor, get ready, get ready, get ready. I feel like uh, it's, <laughs> it's a fresh new season and and I feel like God has really just taken us to a new place as a church as we get ready to open up our third location in West Campus. Come on, West Kendo in four weeks. September 8th is the grand opening of our third location. So if you know anybody in West Kendo, tell them to go over there. This has been kind of like the base passage, base scripture of this series. I'll read it to you before we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus is with his disciples, and, and this is what he tells them. He tells them, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, hey, it's better that I go be with the Father because if I go be with the Father, I'll send you the helper and it's to your advantage. And so we said that we're at an advantage because we have the Holy Spirit with us. Can I get an amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is with us. So the Holy Spirit comes with gifts. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The Holy Spirit does not come alone. He comes with gifts for for you and for me. And Paul, he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth because he wants them to have an understanding. In fact, in verse 1, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. Look at verse 7. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Somebody say common good. I want you to like really get that in your heart today because we're going to talk a little bit about that. The common good. The gifts of the Spirit are for the common good. He says, to one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of that same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as He determines. Out of that passage today, as we continue through this series, I I, want to talk to you from this title. I want you to take down some notes, and I love it. At Calvary, if you're new here, we we all love to take notes. We we feel like we learn better that way. Today, I want to talk to you from this subject. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I want to talk to you from that. Look at three people around you and tell them I'm calling you. I'm calling you. Single guys, that's why you take advantage and you tell the person next. I'm calling. 
I'm calling you. I really feel God is calling us. And I really sense that, that God's calling you today. I don't know where you find yourself, but I do know that he's calling you. And he loves you more than you can imagine. And I believe God is in this place. I'm going to try to just speak for a little bit as we try to unwrap this a little bit more. And then uh, we're going to worship Jesus one more time. Is that cool? Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head, and let's ask God to help us this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace. We thank you for your love that is here today. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit that comes to empower us, that comes to help us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would uh, begin to heal, transform, speak. Thank you that um, through you, Holy Spirit, through your gifts, we know how much you love us, how much you do want to speak to us, how much you're calling us. God, I pray uh, that today you would have your way across both campuses. Thank you for the third campus opening up in just four weeks. Thank you for this church, for this family. Thank you that we are moving forward in the vision that you've given us, uh, that people would know you, that we would find freedom, discover purpose, and God, that we would make a difference in our world. Have your way in our lives. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all of God's people say, oh, come on, all of God's people say, can you give Jesus one big hand? Come on, one more, one more hand. I don't know about you, but I I really feel that the world is extremely, extremely busy. We live in a busy world. Calendars are completely packed. Schedules are full. Like if we're not careful, we will see that all of a sudden life just feels crowded. You know what I'm talking about? Like life is full. What, What I'm afraid of is that sometimes we can project our life on God. And we can say, wait a minute, God is extremely crowded with people. God is extremely busy. And all of a sudden, we can have a sense that God, he, he is good, he's awesome, but, but he's just too busy for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A couple of weeks ago, we were in Birmingham, Alabama for a conference. A few Birmingham, Alabama people are here. Awesome. A few of us, uh, we went up there for a church conference, and it was phenomenal, and we'll talk more about it over the next few weeks. But we were in Birmingham, Alabama, and this conference was absolutely amazing. Um, one night when we got out of the conference, we were starving. We were, like, really, really hungry. And so we, we all went to go eat. A few of us from church that had gone up there, we, we start looking for this restaurant. We find one. That's really recommended online. And so we go there and when we walk into the restaurant, uh, we ask for a table and they tell us that it's going to be a, a 40 minute wait to sit down and eat. Now, 40 minutes is a long time, but it's even longer when you're hangry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like I, I don't know. Have you ever been hangry? Like hungry is one thing, but hangry is a whole nother level. It's when you're hungry, so hungry, you start to get angry. That's just hangry, right? It's like 40, mi- 40 minutes. And so we put down our name, but we're like, oh, I don't know about waiting this long. And so we literally, uh, a few of us, we got out of the restaurant and we started walking down this block to look for other restaurants down the street because this was going to take forever. And, and as we started going down the neighborhood, we see there's really not a whole lot of options, Birmingham. And, and we just start walking around. And, and so we end up like, oh my God, let's just go back and, and let's just wait. And Thank God we waited for this restaurant because let me tell you, it was amazing. We had some really, really good food. We had an incredible server, the best server on the planet. This guy was amazing. And we had just an incredible experience at the restaurant. But it got me thinking that we were about to settle for another mediocre meal, all because we couldn't wait 
on something great. And so it makes me think sometimes that our desire for instant gratification will so often pull us from the greater thing that God has for us. And so I think we think about this way about God, like, God, you're too busy. God, you have so much on you. God, you must be so crowded. And I feel like me and you, often what we do is that we go down the block of our life looking for lesser gods that can satisfy us instantly because we can't wait on God to reveal himself to us at his time. And I just really sense in all my heart that God, he wants to speak to his people. He wants to speak to his church. He wants to speak to you. If we can wait on God, I promise you, you'll hear his voice today. Because God is a God who speaks. Come on, let's give God a big hand for that. Come on. He is a God who speaks. But it's wild. It's wild because the discomfort of waiting will make us sacrifice divine revelation for instant gratification. I'd rather not hear from God because, God, you are going to take forever. It's been too long. You know how many prayer requests I filled out and he still still hasn't answered the first one. You're taking way too long. And so so we find the lesser gods down the block and down the street of our life because they they can answer a whole lot faster. Right. I want to tell you, like a huge problem happens because of this. And I really think. That what happens is that we relinquish to an occasional relationship with God instead of a daily conversation with God. Like God wants to have daily relationship with me and with you. He's a relational God. He's not a God that wants to talk to us every once in a while, every Sunday, whenever we check in. That's not the God that you have. That's not the God that I have. We have a God that daily wants to communicate, daily wants to speak. He, he's active. But I'm afraid that sometimes we're just like, ah, like God up. Uh, Love you. Amazing songs we sang today. You're awesome. Check in next Sunday, God. Love you, right? And we can go Monday through Saturday not even thinking about God because he's just a God that's, I don't know. I'll check in next Sunday. He hears me every once in a while. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about, right? So I'll check in every once in a while. I really don't know about this daily relationship. And I want to tell you today, like, we have a God that is in charge of a whole lot. He's big. He's powerful, but I want to tell you, he's personal. He wants to speak to you today. I don't know where you find yourself, but I want to tell you, hear his voice telling you today. He's calling you. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. God is big, but God is personal, and he's speaking to his church today. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, if you can wait on God, you will be able to hear from God. And he will speak to you, but he will also speak through you. Thomas Aquinas was an old theologian in church history, and and I love what he said. He said that if Jesus is the word of God, then the Holy Spirit is the love of God. And I love that thought that the Holy Spirit comes to fill us on the inside. But one of the main reasons he fills us on the inside is because he wants to burst out to the outside. So, So the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit will fill you and he'll fill me. But one of the main reasons he does that is because he wants to connect us to one another. That's why Paul says it's for the common good. Because we we are here to help out one another. The Holy Spirit fills me, but he fills me so that I can help you out in your journey. And he fills you because he wants to help you help me in my journey. 
And so he might give you some gifts that I don't have, and I might have some gifts that you don't have. And together, we can make this journey better, and we can help each other see Jesus more clearly. You ain't hearing me this morning. Come on, 11 a.m. Come on, we can help each other see Jesus better. This, this is why I love connect groups, and it's part of our vision, right, that all of us would be in connect groups, and this is where we find freedom. They start in just a few weeks, and our desire and our vision is that every single one of us, we would be in a connect group because you need somebody to talk to, and you need somebody to help you in your life, and their gift might bless you, and your gift might bless them. So we get into relationships, and we get into connect groups to help out one another. Paul's trying to get the church to understand this. Like, like Paul puts pen to paper, Holy Spirit inspired. It's the Holy Spirit writing through him, and he's writing to this church in Corinth, right? It's this big, beautiful church, and, 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 and he's writing to give them direction. He says, hey, the Holy Spirit came to fill you on the inside, but for the common good. Somebody say common good one more time. Like the Holy Spirit came to give you gifts so that we can help out one another, and he talks about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, now, this is just one of the lists. And we said that for the next several weeks, we were going to talk about this particular list. Next week, we'll cover all the rest of the other spiritual gifts. We wanted to talk about these nine particular gifts because these are the ones that have gotten the most abuse and the most confusion. Right? So, so there's nine here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's nine spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives you and me. To help us. Now, what are these nine gifts? We're going to put them up. These are the nine gifts. There's wisdom, knowledge. Come on, can we read it together? Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are the nine different gifts that Paul writes about in this particular passage. And he says the Holy Spirit comes and he distributes these nine gifts for the common good. Now, we said, let's study them, because if you grew up in church like me, or if you've been in church long enough, we know that some of these gifts have been used for different purposes. They've been abused, they've been misused, and there's been a whole lot of goofiness attached to these gifts. And I want to tell you, at Calvary, we're not a goofy church, we're a church that does things in order, and we do things for the glory of God. So you don't have to be afraid of these gifts, he gave them to us for the common good. So, so let's talk about it. Let, let's learn what are these nine gifts for. And so, okay, we said we can break up these nine different gifts in three different sections. These are the three different sections. Number one, we can grab three, three gifts and put them under this section called the revelation gifts. These are gifts that reveal something. Say reveal. We talked about that, and those were wis- uh, gifts like wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The second group, you can grab another three out of the nine and put them under the second one, which is power gifts. These are gifts that do something. We talked about that last week. Today, I want to talk to you from this last section. They are gifts that say something, or what we would call speaking gifts. You can break up those nine different gifts in different ways and Different um, Bible scholars have broken them up in different ways. This is a way that I learned years ago and has helped me. And so there's revelation gifts, power gifts, and speaking gifts. Under speaking gifts, let's talk about three gifts for a moment. Is it okay if we, if we teach for a little bit? It's okay. Come on, we'll learn together. Okay, so three gifts under speaking gifts. Write these down. The speaking gifts would be tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Soon as I started saying these gifts, some of you got really uncomfortable in your chair. <laughs> Because you've been around some of these gifts and you've been around some weird atmospheres. I know I have too, but I promise you nothing weird is going to happen here. And I promise you we're just going to learn about them. But I promise you that these gifts are more helpful to your life than you can think. The Holy Spirit comes 
with speaking gifts because God has something to say. God is not a quiet God. God is a God who speaks now to all of humanity. A few months ago, I went to have lunch with one of my friends and and we were there at the restaurant hanging out and and his wife FaceTimed him. And so he answers the phone call. He's like, hey, so sorry. Give me give me just a few seconds. I'm like, no worry. He he answers the phone and he's on FaceTime and she's like, hey, um, I just called because the kids, they want to say hi. And so he has, he has three beautiful little kids, and, and they get on the FaceTime video, and they're like, Dada, Dada, hey, Dada. And they start going crazy. And they're like, Dada, Dada, we love you. We love you, Dada. We love you. And he's like, oh, I love you too. I love you too. And they're like, Dada, you doing good? When are you coming home? He's like, I'm coming. got to go back to work for a little bit. Then I'll go home. And okay, Dada, Dada, we really love you. And he's like, I love you too. And after a while, he's just like, okay, love, like, love you. Like, yeah, I'll see you in a little bit, right? And, and so finally he, like, hangs up. He hangs up, and. About five seconds later, he gets a FaceTime call from his wife again, but it's the kids one more time. And they're like, Dada, Dada, you hung up on us. We just want to say we love you, Dada. Like, I can't wait to see you. And my friend's already getting a little bit aggravated. He's like, okay, honey, baby, I'm coming home in a little bit. I love you. Dada loves you too. And, and he hung up on them. <laughs> he's a bad father. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's an awesome dad. And so hangs up and no lie, no lie. About 15 seconds later, they call again. And so he answers. He's like, yes, baby. Yes. Dada, Dada, when are you coming home? Dada, I love you so much. Dada, I love you. I love you so much. And to me, that just made a profound impact because I think love is not silent. Love is audible. If you love something, you will say it. Can I tell you, God loves you and he's not staying quiet about it. He's given us the Holy Spirit and he wants to speak to you and he wants to speak through you and he wants to tell all of humanity, I love you. I'm for you. I got plans and purposes for your life. Come on, if you're grateful this morning that we have a good God, why don't you give him 15 seconds of a big praise? He's a God who speaks. He's a God who is audible. He speaks out loud and he tells us how much he loves us. And and he does it through spiritual gifts called speaking gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Look how beautiful it is that the Bible says that Jesus ascends to the Father And when he ascends, he says, wait on the Holy Spirit. They're in the upper room. In Acts chapter 1 and 2, you got to read it's powerful. When the Holy Spirit comes down, it says that the disciples, tongues of fire come over their head. All of them get full of the Holy Spirit, and they all begin to speak in tongues. But when they begin to speak in tongues, it's powerful because what they begin to do is that they begin to proclaim the gospel. Jerusalem was full of people from all different parts of town because they were celebrating Passover. And all of a sudden, people heard them. There was this big noise. People started coming around the room. And they said, wait a minute. How are these people speaking in my language? Because God is a universal God. It's a God that wants to reach every background, every nation, every tribe. And he will do whatever he has to do to get the message in your your life, in your world, in your vocabulary that he loves you. And so these are the speaking gifts. Anybody grateful that we have a speaking God? What's tongues? Let's study this for a little bit because maybe there has been confusion. What's tongues? Well, let's define tongues for a minute. The gift of tongues is the ability to speak in a foreign language or in a heavenly language that you do not have knowledge of in order to communicate with someone who speaks that language or to communicate with God for self-edification or for witnessing to others. Okay, so tongues. The Bible gives us... Two different examples of tongues. I'm going to try to, to help us here this morning. Like, like one, of the re, one of the ways that we see tongues in Scripture is 
another foreign language. Like in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls, he gives them the ability to speak in a foreign language so that that other person from another tongue, from another language, can understand the gospel. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. It says, and we hear all these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And it says, they stood there amazed and perplexed, saying, what can this mean? They asked each other. They were surprised. They're like, whoa, how, how do they know our language? How can they speak in our language? Well, God, sometimes he'll give somebody the gift of speaking in tongues so that another person from another country, another nation, another language can understand the gospel. I heard a story one time of a missionary that went to a foreign country and he was with a translator and they were literally out in the jungle with tribes and they have their own dialect. Like it's not even a, a really like common language. And uh, the missionary was out there preaching the gospel to them and telling them how much God loved them and Jesus loved them and the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. And, and he said that all of a sudden he, he just felt like praying for the tribe. And he's like, I'm, can I pray for you guys? And the guy translated and he starts to pray over the tribe and the interpreter is interpreting what he's saying in their dialect. But he says halfway through the prayer, he, he hears the interpreter stop interpreting. And he just continues praying. He's like, why did this guy stop? And he's kind of pausing, letting him interpret it, but he keeps on going. And he finishes the prayer, looks over. He's like, did you interpret that? He goes, well, I don't have to. Halfway through your prayer, I don't know what happened, but you started speaking our dialect and you started speaking to all of us and you started blessing us in our dialect. Come on, it's the power of God to let somebody know. Come on, we have a powerful God that wants to communicate with people. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. It's really God calling, saying, I love you and I'm here. Another way that we see tongues in scripture is a heavenly language for us to communicate with God. It's a special language that God gives his people. And again, the Holy Spirit gives it to whoever he wants to. And it's it's for us to communicate with heaven. I I don't know, has this ever happened to you where you're praying and and you literally don't know what else to pray? You run out of words, especially when you're going through it sometimes. You're like, God, help me. God, I I don't even know what else to say. Well, the the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to help us pray. And a lot of times it's with this prayer language that we call tongues as well. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. speaks to God. This form of tongues is only to God. In fact, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Nobody understands what you're saying. That's between you and God. It's your own personal hotline with heaven. I love that. Go down a couple of verses in verse 4. He says this, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. In other words, when, when you speak These type of tongues, it's not to help anybody, it's actually to edify yourself. When you speak in tongues, you are building up your own spirit, and and something happens when you pray in tongues. Your spirit is being, like, just strengthened, is being edified. Something powerful is happening. It's a powerful gift. Verse 14, he says this, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So Paul says, what what am I going to do? He says, well, I'll do something. I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my understanding. In other words, Paul says, like, I'm, I'm going to use both. If God gave me the ability to speak in tongues, I'm going to pray in tongues so my spirit gets edified. But since nobody understands me, I also can pray in my natural language. So, like, tongues is not something you can't control. You can control. Paul says, I'll, 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 I'll pray in my own language, but then I'll also pray in tongues when I have to. And then also I'll pray in 
in my, the language that God gave me originally for my, for my land, from wherever I grew up. Like, tongues is not to be used out of order. In fact, if we read scripture, it says to be used to edify yourself, this heavenly language. Paul actually says if we all get together and all of us start speaking in tongues, nobody's going to understand nobody. And he says, actually, if unbelievers walk in and hear all of us talking in tongues out loud, he literally says, they're going to think you're crazy. Like Paul says that. And I don't know if you grew up in, in some of the Christian circles that I grew up, I've seen this happen. And so sometimes it's like, do I invite friends to church? Because they're going to walk in here and they're going to think, we're like, what, what did he say? Should about a hundred, but about a Mitsubishi. I don't know what he said. Like, this is weird. Like, don't worry about it. Just, just it's going to be awesome. Service is going to be great. <laughs> Like Paul says, everything should, we have a God of order. And remember, all these gifts are based out of love because he's trying to communicate to me and to you how much he loves us. So God does not want the world to think we're crazy. This is for your own personal time with God. I remember one time I went to a summer camp, very much like the one that we went to this year, and, and they started praying for all of us to receive the gift of tongues. And I'm like, I, I want it. Paul says to desire the gift. So I went up, both hands up, like God give it to me. And and I didn't receive anything. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, okay, God, it's not for me. And I went home, and, and I was like, okay. And weeks went by. And, and one night I was in my room, and I remember I just started praying in my room. It was before going to sleep, late at night. And I just started praying, and, and, and I started asking God for the gift of tongues. Now, now, one of the things that I did do, though, is I was praying out loud. And I think sometimes a lot of us were afraid of using our outside voice. I think Christians were really good at worshiping, but were really bad at praising. We're really good at saying, God, I love you. You're so awesome. And we use like this whisper tone, right? But when it comes time to shout praise to God or to talk to God out loud, it's like somebody might think I'm weird. But it's okay to lift up your voice sometimes and say, God, you're awesome. God, you're powerful, right? Like, isn't it crazy? Sometimes we praise football teams more than we do our God out loud. Like, I'm not going to let a football team get more praise than I give to my God. And I was in my room, and I just... I didn't care. My whole family thought I was crazy. I was just like, God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. God, I would love tongues if you want to give them to me. But God, you're amazing. And all of a sudden, I just started praying in tongues. This was years ago already. And, and I've had the gift of tongues since then. And Sundays, like, I'll be there sometimes before I come up. And I'll be edifying my spirit because we're about to, like, go into the word of God and, and talk about it. Like, but it's not in order. Is this making sense? And so God wants to give it to you for your own prayer language to talk to him. It's that hotline to heaven. And, and Paul says, I desire these gifts. Now, again, in order. Otherwise, we'll look crazy. I'm not going to grab a mic and start speaking in tongues or all of us out loud start shouting. Like Paul says, don't, don't do that. He goes, that, for that reason, there's the second gift called interpretation of tongues. What's interpretation of tongues? Well, interpretation of tongues is this. A person with the gift of interpreting tongues has a supernatural ability to understand and explain to others the message given in tongues. And the result is that God is glorified and the church is edified. God wants to edify you. He wants to build me up. He wants to build up his church for the common good. Right? So all of these gifts are based on God's love and they come so that we all can be strengthened. Right, the base, the foundation is God's love, and it comes so that you and I can be strengthened in him. And so Paul says, if anybody is going to speak in tongues out loud, pray that you interpret what you said. Like Paul's not playing around with this because we're here to show God's love. And we're not here to give God a bad rep. God is awesome, and God is love, 
And he doesn't need me and you to bring a whole lot of goofiness to this for our own egos or for attention. And we got to be careful with Christians that want to use this to try to build a name for themselves. We do this for the glory of God. And every single gift comes to edify the church. And so, and so Paul says, hey, if anybody's going to speak in tongues out loud, pray that you interpret it. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 13. For this reason, the one who speaks in the tongue should pray that they themselves may interpret what they say. You're going to speak out loud? If you're going to get up and, and speak in tongues, like pray that you have interpretation of tongues too, because otherwise you just did God a disservice. First Corinthians chapter 14, verses 27 through 28. He says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be two or three. The most should speak at one time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Is this making sense? Like, like, hey, okay, let's say you do have the gift of tongues and, and you feel like God gave you something. Like, make sure you got an interpreter with you. Like, God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of love. And I've only witnessed this gift twice in my life. I remember one time we were in a, in a service like this. This is years ago. I was probably about 11 years old. And I grew up in a Hispanic church. And Hispanic church believed in extended worship. All that means is you knew when you were going in, you didn't know when you were coming out. And it was one of those long services. Message was done. Worship just kept going. And I'm not lie, it was a beautiful time in the presence of God. And it was awesome. I was young. I, I really wanted to go home and sleep. But all of a sudden, somebody stood up. It was a really small meeting, a really small meeting. Only a few of us. Somebody stood up, and, and they started speaking in tongues out loud, like loud. And it felt bold. And you ever hear something and you just feel like a, like a piece about it? Like, I've seen other people, like, speak in tongues out loud. And I'm just like, ah, that's out of order, dude. Like, relax. That's, that's you just trying to get attention. But this one felt different. And as soon as they were done speaking in tongues, they began to interpret what they said. And the message was so beautiful. And there was this peace, I think, throughout the whole church. But, but I really think it's, it's rare. It's not as common as people. So, like, people love to use tongues to try to, like, do something or prove something like that's not who God is if you are going to do it out loud make sure it's it's in love and make sure like Paul says there's an interpreter there one other time that's it a guy got up and shared a message in tongues and somebody else was able to interpret same thing I felt this peace about it it felt right in 35 years that's all I've experienced and so we have to be careful not to abuse the gifts of the spirit but we also shouldn't neglect the gift of spirits especially the speaking gifts, because it's God calling. It's God saying, I'm calling you because I got a message for you and I got a message through you. Which we wrap it up in the last gift, which is the gift of prophecy. And we we can define the gift of prophecy this way. The gift of prophecy is the Holy Spirit inspired speaking for the purpose of strengthening, encouragement, and comforting the church body. Paul Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 14 that it's, it's to strengthen, it's to encourage. We can go back, go back to the definition is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort the church body. It may include a predictable or confirmational element given by the Holy Spirit to help guide and direct God's people. They help the church understand the heart and desires of God and urge the church to wholeheartedly pursue God. Prophecy is absolutely beautiful. Right? Prophecy is God's gift to the church for the common good, to edify us. I think Christians, we have a misunderstanding when it comes to prophecy. And I think that many times we think that prophecy 
it really just comes to foretell. And we think that it all has to be about foretelling the future. I want to tell you today, like, we are not into fortune telling. That is not what God is into. That is not God's business. That's not who God is. Like, God is not like that. Otherwise, we wouldn't need faith. And the Bible says that we are in a walk of faith. And a lot of times, he won't reveal the second step until you take that first step. But humans, we love control. And so it's like, tell me. I'll go to every fortune teller, every prophet to show me my life. Where's faith in that? Now, there can be a predictable element in it, but sometimes it would just be for, like, little small things. Like, I don't think, like, people have used this really weird. Prophecy is for all of us, and it's to encourage, it's to strengthen, and it's to comfort one another. In other words, it can be to predict, but most importantly, it's to proclaim. It's not just foretelling, it's mostly forthtelling. It's to proclaim. And what do we proclaim? We proclaim who Jesus is in your life and in my life. We proclaim who Jesus is on our journey. Prophecy comes to strengthen you to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We say, lift up your eyes. Look to him. He's for you. He's with you. He's not against you. The God who started this thing in you. Come on. He's going to be faithful to complete it. That's what prophecy is, is grabbing God's word, illuminating it in our soul so that we can finish going after Jesus. And so it's a beautiful thing. And so I think a lot of us, who, especially if you've been in circles like this for a long time, like we stay away from it because we think prophecy is only for people who speak in King James Version. You want to hear prophecy? Listen to this guy. He has a word from God. And some weird guy always comes out and he's like, thus saith the Lord. And he's spitting on everybody. I tell you, it can just be a loving word to encourage, to strengthen, and to comfort. A word in love, a word in season, God's word spoken over your brother and your sister. And can I tell you, like, I desire our church to have a culture of prophecy. Not weird. In fact, if somebody comes up to you with weird prophecy, you're like, hmm, that's not. Like a lot of people have used it in the past. Mm, I was praying. I was praying, sister, and uh, the Lord showed me, like, you're, you're going to marry me. Say, that's not, that's not prophecy. That's thirstiness. <laughs> like, nah, and, and then people try to, like, abuse the gift. And I've seen people prophesy some weird stuff, and it's like, that's not God, that's you. Mm, I just sense my heart. God just revealed this. Over the next 24 hours, you're, you're going to get hungry. And I'm like, yeah, that's called natural life, like, body functions, like, but people love this thing, and you just got to be careful. I really believe that the foundation is love. And in my own life, I've been so blessed by it. I'll never forget years ago, a young guy in church, and, and I felt like God was depositing stuff in my life to, like, share with people. And again, just encouragement. Prophecy is really just a, an atmosphere of encouragement. And I felt like God was putting it in my heart, but I was so shy. I was the type to, like, skip school when I had to do a school presentation, and so... So I never would speak it out. And, and I forget, and Doug is here, and, and Doug may not even remember this, but this is years ago. We went to the same church, known Doug for a long time. He came up to me and he says, hey, I just sensed this. I sense that God is putting stuff in your heart to share, and you're keeping it to yourself. I was like, whoa. You know what that was? That was God calling me, telling me, I'm speaking to you, and I want to speak through you. 
And I really believe, I always look back to that moment, like that was the beginning of me trusting God and what he was speaking to my heart. And God used prophecy for it. I shared this, I think, last week in one of the services, but I got, I got invited to preach somewhere years ago, and it was a small little gathering of young people, and I went up there, and as I was praying at the end, I really felt that somebody in the crowd was dealing with suicide, and so I just spoke it out and had to say, hey, I don't know who here is probably dealing with this, but I just sense this in my heart. Again, I'm very careful to say, "Don't say it, the Lord. I don't, like, hey, I just feel this in my heart. Maybe somebody's here. Some guy all the way in the back just broke down crying, like just weeping. We were able to pray over him and help him out. Like prophecy is beautiful. So word of God in love for a season to come encourage us of his word. Me and Diana, when we were transitioning to become lead pastors of Calvary, it was, it was kind of like a weird season and a rough season in a lot of senses. And God used the man of God to come speak a word over our life. And we didn't even know what was coming down the road a few months later, but, but it was the word that we needed. So God will use people with the gift of prophecy to build you up and to remind you he loves you, he's calling you, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so I, that's my prayer. Paul says this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Paul says, I want the church to prophesy. Go after it. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be any of that. Ah, let's get the right definition. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 4 through 5. Paul says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. And we'll finish with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 39 through 40. All of 14 is awesome. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of love. And he's given us the Holy Spirit and he's given us gifts so that we can help one another out. And he says, desire them. I want more. I want everything that God has for me on this side of eternity. I'm going to ask for it every day. I'm going to ask God for all his gifts. It'll make me a better husband. It'll make me a better pastor. It'll make me a better son. It'll make me a better believer if I have the Holy Spirit in me. Really quick, we'll finish with three things. Write this down. These speaking gifts come for three main things. Number one, they come relationship for reinforcement. They come to strengthen our relationship, and that relationship is to reinforce our souls. The Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so we need the Holy Spirit to come and reinforce us, help us deliver God's word to our heart and it must be used by God to deliver it for somebody else. Number two, it's interpretation for understanding. The Holy Spirit comes to interpret the word of God to us. It comes to reveal, to light up, to show us scripture, to show us the heart of the Father so that we can understand who God is. They're beautiful gifts. We shouldn't be afraid of them. We should ask for them because they help us understand who the Father is. They help us understand what the gospel's all about. And ultimately, number three, the gifts of the Spirit, gifts that speak, they come to come and proclaim so that we can have progress. It's proclamation for progress. The Christian journey is about knowing Jesus. The Bible says that the minute that we 
believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he becomes Lord of our life. And in that moment, we get justified. That word is a Christian term, but really all it means is that the minute we become Christians and we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we become just as if we'd never sinned. Justified. Right? We're, we're going to have a moment in service now where we're going to give an opportunity for anybody who wants to enter into a relationship with Jesus to make that decision today. And you'll be justified today. Like his blood will cover you. He'll forgive you of all of your sins and you'll be justified just as if you never sinned. But then the Christian journey is all about sanctification. There's justification, but after that, all the years that follow until we meet Jesus on the other side, it's called sanctification. And what he does is that he's sanctifying us so that we look more like Jesus, so that we begin to talk more like Jesus, so that we begin to, we begin to think like Jesus, love our neighbors like Jesus, pray on our enemies like Jesus, so that we talk like him, walk like him, behave like him. That's called sanctification. And for that, we need the proclamation of the gospel every single day in our hearts, in our souls in our life. I need the word of God daily in my heart and in my soul so that I can look to him and that I can look like him. Come on, can we give God a big, big praise? I want you to stand up on your feet. Come on, I want you to stand up on your feet. Tonight at the 6 p.m., we're going to pray for people that want to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. The last few Sundays have been amazing. We're calling them revival nights at Kendo, and they've been absolutely phenomenal. And so if you want to join us tonight at 6 p.m., I want to let anybody know, and I believe it's going to be beautiful. But come on, can we lift up our hands all across this place? Come on, why don't we lift up the name of Jesus? Why don't we lift up the name of Jesus? Come on, we're really good at worshiping, but can we begin to get our praise on? Come on, can you lift up your voice? and Can you just begin to, begin to tell him how thankful you are for him? Begin to, t- begin to tell him how awesome he is. Come on, begin to declare his praises. Come on, we're to thank God for who he is. Lift up your hands and say, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for gifts of the Holy Spirit that come to build us up. God, thank you that they come to build up the church and they come to edify us. Come on, we worship you with all we got this morning. We lift up a praise and we lift up your name in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's sing this out one more time. With every hand lifted. Come on, let's lift it up. Come on, let's lift it up. Come on.
Can we give God a big round of applause and thank Alex for that amazing message? Wow. I don't know about you, but I feel like God's in the building today. And I really believe that God did something special in our midst. And I really think it's an amazing and powerful thing that we're talking about these things called spiritual gifts, things that God wants to do on the inside of us to empower us to live the life that we were designed for. But, but I really believe that there's this one gift that God really desperately wants to give you. And that's the gift of having a relationship with the son, Jesus. I, I, I really believe that, that this is the starting point. First saying, God, you know what? I, I, I receive the gift that you have for my life, which is salvation. And the Bible says that when we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in Jesus, that he, den- he, he gives us an eternal, a gift of eternal security, knowing that tomorrow, if, if I die tomorrow, if things don't go well, all I know is that my life is in God's hands, and I know that my eternity is secure, and I will wake up in heaven, and I will see my Savior. And re- really, I, I really think this, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Meaning that if there's ever an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, the opportunity is right now. I really believe that today God's knocking on your heart. And maybe there's people here where you're saying, hey, Mike, you know what? I think I found what I'm looking for. Maybe you've walked into this place and maybe you felt empty. Maybe you haven't felt satisfied. Maybe you feel like you've been looking for something. If you've been looking, can I tell you that there's only one person who can feel the hole that's in your heart and that's the person of Jesus. So if you can, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? And this is going to be a private moment. And really what we're going to do is that I'm just going to provide you an opportunity to commit your life to God. In a second, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I count to three, and if you want to start a relationship with Jesus right at your seats, I'm just going to ask that you would lift up your hands, every eye closed, every head bowed. This is a private moment, a holy moment. I really believe that God's moving. When I count to three, you say, Mike, hey, just shoot your hand up in the air. That way I can acknowledge you and I'll pray for you. One, God loves you. Two, today is a day of salvation. And three, if you want to start a relationship with amazing hands everywhere, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, you, God bless you, God bless you, three right here. God bless you too here in the front. Amazing. Come on, is there anybody else you say, Mike, I just want to give my heart to God. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Amazing. Amazing. Church, can we do something? Can we all lift up our hands? Come on, let's pray this together as a family. It's going to be a repeat after me prayer. Really, the the power really isn't in the words, but it's in the one that we're praying to. So as a family, why don't we repeat this all together? Say, dear Jesus, I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. I believe in you and I trust in you. I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. And three days later, you resurrected from the grave. So be my friend, be my savior, and be my God. And it's in Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen. Come on, can we give a big round of applause to all those who made that decision today?